Are you in HR Department of One trying to figure out how to balance task and strategy while keeping up with changes in regulatory compliance? Do you need a fresh outlook on old topics? Then stop what you're doing, my friends. Grab your coffee and get ready to recharge. If you have people, you have problems to solve and things to do. I'm your host, Brenda Neckbottle, a 20-year human resource professional ready to explore the HR industry with veterans of business and life with fresh eyes and new ideas. Learn about the rapidly evolving changes in employment law around the country, as well as new tactics to deploy and build engagement in your workforce. If you're looking to implement new best practices to make your job easier in HR, then this podcast is for you. Best Practices in Human Resource podcast. This show is designed to help take the guesswork out of understanding the human resource component and push through the ambiguity of this changing landscape. I'm Brenda, your host and a practicing HR consultant, and I'm here to help you weed through the abyss of human resource information and help you take the stress out of defining your best practices. This podcast is for anybody who's in a position of managing human capital in a micro, small, growing business, as well as individual HR practitioners as well. There's a great deal to span of this industry, and having the information and guidance to implement it month over month is going to be a significant help to you and your organization. So if you're a returning listener, oh, thank you so much for your continued support. I really am so incredibly grateful that you continue to join me on this adventure. And if this is your first time listening in, we've got another really fantastic show um, that's going to help you figure out how to move your HR objectives forward. So I'd like to ask you a question. What if you could get helpful information faster? Keep listening to this episode as I'm going to provide you with a variety of resources that are going to help you in managing your company's HR function. I remember when I was first starting out how challenging it was when it came to surfing the internet or to know which website was providing accurate information or not. And the internet was so incredibly different back then. And today, through experience and exposure, I've been able to spot really the good content over some of the more heavily saturated and duller topics. Um, I'm in the people business, and trust me, that's challenging enough. And there's so much when it comes to this HR landscape that in and of itself is just a challenge. My mission is to work smarter and not harder and to find and share the right resources because I know what it feels like to be in your shoes. So I'm going to provide to you a number of useful resources both in this episode and on the affiliates page of my website that lists the top companies that I've worked with and I know through my relationships and experience experiences are going to provide those solid solutions to help you address your problems. I'm here to help you connect to these vendors, these people and the services that will certainly ease the pressure of trying to cipher an overwhelming or underwhelming amount of data kind of depending upon where you look. Um, And that's going to help you in your day-to-day practices. So in short, I'm going to load you up with a number of really awesome opportunities in this episode. So today we're going to uh, go ahead and move forward as normal. We've got in the studio, we've Lola the veteran comfort dog who literally is somewhere around here snoring. I can hear her snoring. Uh, and she may chime in periodically. She's got a pretty hefty bark. And her assistant, Champ, the lovable wonder dog. Uh, but most importantly, today we're going to talk about today's hot topic, which we're going to look at changes um, that may or may not be happening with Affordable Care Act. We're going to take a look at some employment law changes that are impacting the nation. Um, 
our, our main segment today is um, a great topic with a returning guest. Uh, Jim is coming back, Jim Foreman. He is a retired Command Master Chief U.S. Navy SEAL and business partner of mine. We're going to talk about, I don't have the time to develop my employees and, and what that's going to do or doesn't do for your organization. We've got some announcements, free resources, and of course we're going to go ahead and close the episode with the a very entertaining quote of the day. Um, so but before we move forward, um, I just want to share with you guys that the information available through this podcast is for informational purposes only and not for the purpose of providing any form of legal advice. You should contact your attorney to obtain legal advice with respect to any particular issue. If you don't have an employment attorney, feel free to reach out to me and I might be able to refer one to you through our affiliates program and somebody that would be close to you in your local area. So today's hot topic, um, it, we're going to talk about President Trump's decision to push his ACA agenda back. Now, I want to really lay this foundation very clearly. I am not I am not somebody that engages in political discussion and so I want to make this even clearer <laughs> that this is not a form to engage in that type of discussion about the current administration, Congress, or anything of a more political nature. This is a um, highly charged topic. Politics always usually typically is but um, with how polarized our country is it's even hotter than normal and in my opinion that tends to take away from really looking at some of the more important issues and this is certainly one of them. Um, this is going to be about the Affordable Care Act and what this decision actually is going to mean to US citizens and those that are in the workforce or not in the workforce. Um, so let's take a step back for a second. So any president has to successfully implement his agenda within the first 18 months of taking office in order to make any type of significant change happen. After those first 18 months, we as a country are really facing the midterm elections, and if the majority of the president's agenda is not fulfilled by that point, the back half of the term tends to be restructured. And, and that's just the way it is. And you can see that repeating his, you know, time after time, you, you know, president term after term after term. But the Affordable Care Act, in my opinion, is not really the end-all be-all for addressing health care issues, and to be honest with you, uh, I don't believe our nation believes that either. Um, there's a great deal to the ACA that needs to be addressed and there really isn't any way that our country can address all aspects of it in one foul swoop. Um, it's fortunate for those who haven't been able to get insurance and it's a really, you know, it's a good program for those individuals. Um, there are some, you know, nuances that tend to make the benefit offering a little less, but at least it's, it's medical insurance. However, due to some of the significant health concerns, they weren't able to get it. Um, that they can now take advantage of the system, but they're certainly not the majority of the, the minority. And I have a very, very good friend of mine whose wife has some pretty debilitating uh, circumstances for a woman who is as young as she is. Um, this is the first time that she's been able to procure any type of insurance for a while. So <clears throat> um, I don't really have a great deal to say on ACA. However, um, I, I, what I can share with you is just from my perspective. Now, I've been to the Hill. I've been on Capitol Hill. I have sat in the offices of our senators from uh, the Commonwealth of Virginia and as well as my local congressman and was able to participate in conversations about the ACA. Now specifically what I was able to be a part of was uh, talking to them about the burden of the Cadillac tax that would be imposed on companies who would want to provide more for their workforce. 
And so what the Cadillac tax is, is it's an additional tax um, placed on employers who actually provide their employees with a Cadillac level tax, which is, you know, the most top level premium uh, benefit offering in the company. <clears throat> and it's, it's, a, it's a penalty. And the company that I was working for at the time, we paid for our employees' benefits. So having a Cadillac tax would have really dinged us hard, very, very hard, and it would not have made sense. So what I can tell you, in, in again, in my humble opinion, from my direct observations and working with Capitol Hill specifically on this issue a couple of years ago, is that the Affordable Care Act is so complex that it will take lawmakers a very long time to sort through the challenges that it brings. Healthcare in general is not a simple topic, and we've seen that. We saw it uh, in the early 90s when the Clinton administration started to make adjustments to it. There have been adjustments almost every term ever since then, and it's, it's just not going to go anywhere fast, and those resolutions aren't coming anytime soon. So what we see in the media is really hardly scratching the surface to the complexity of this law, and it's going to require the lawmakers of this country, which again, this country is polarized, our lawmakers are polarized, really to work hard to find the path <clears throat> to the center of the ring and work together to sort this out. And until then, honestly, in my humble opinion, healthcare is not going to make any major strides, and in fact, it's going to continue to get more and more complicated. Okay, well, enough of that. All right, so um, let's talk about some employment law changes and headlines that are impacting the nation in regards to employment. So over Maryland, Maryland has uh, put a plan forth to raise the state's minimum wage, and that state's minimum wage will eventually reach $15 an hour by uh, the year 2025. So don't go rushing out and making a lot of changes just yet. Um, just be mindful. Um, you don't have to jack all everybody's you know, rates up to $15 an hour, but just understand that when these changes do take place, um, they're going to be well announced. And in addition to that, uh, there's going to also be some changes to employment posters. And, and I know you guys hear me talk about employment posters every now and again, but look, that's low-hanging fruit. That's easy compliance stuff. Um, we're going to go ahead uh, and keep our fingers on the pulse of that. And when we see that kind of change, then we're definitely going to let you guys know. Um, nationally speaking, though, for government contractors, the OFCCP has released their first listing of companies that will be audited, audited for the upcoming year, and it's going to start pretty soon. So approximately 3,500 contractors um, are going to start receiving their letters uh, starting in May. Um, <clears throat> they all, maybe all not 3,500 of them are going to get it in May, but um, auditing is expected to start in May. Also on the national level, the Department of Labor has also published their proposed white-collar exemption rule, uh, which we are now waiting in the waiting for the 60-day uh, comment period to close. So once all of those comments are coming in from law offices, from different organizations, advocacies, you know, it just takes a little time to work through this process. Once that happens, then they're going to likely return with a final determination several months down the road. So um, stay tuned for that. Over in Kentucky, uh, there's a new law that has been put in place where employers may make arbitration mandatory as a condition of employment or continued employment. So folks who are in Kentucky, definitely make sure you're starting to look at that as well. Uh, the state of Massachusetts has released a paid family and medical leave employer guide um, as a also as a workplace poster. And you guys um, keep your eyes open for that. You can visit our friends over at Labor Law Compliance Center and take advantage of 
um, ordering one when it is up and running. New Jersey has proposed uh, to enact the first recreational marijuana law protecting employees from adverse employment action. And uh, let me help you understand what adverse action means if you've never heard about it. And adverse action is where a company makes a decision knowingly towards an employee's employment status. Typically, it tends to be on the negative side. So basically what this is saying is that uh, New Jersey is proposing law uh, that protects employees uh, for utilizing recreational marijuana, meaning that they probably would not be able to uh, discipline them or terminate them, and um, and that's not good. <clears throat> uh, any kind of drug that's being used in the workplace, be it prescription, um, you know, over-the-counter abuse, or recreational, you know, the light stuff, now that people refer to it as, as marijuana, those, those can cause some pretty significant issues in the workplace. South Carolina, uh, the state Supreme Court has opened the door for prosecution against drug testing companies for negligence. Uh, some landmark cases that have gone out of there. And last but not least, over in Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico has announced that employers must now submit unemployment tax returns electronically. I'm excited to welcome back Jim Foreman, retired U.S. Navy SEAL Command Master Chief, a friend, business partner of mine, and he's just all-around awesome guy. Jim retired in 2018 after spending 27 years in the Navy as a significant portion of that as a Tier 1 operator, and he's an amazing leader. Uh, Jim was featured on episode number two where we talk about managing the problematic employee together and he is here with me again to talk about what happens when leaders don't take the time to figure out how to provide developmental opportunities for their people. All right folks, Jim's back. How are you? I'm doing good. That's awesome. I know. We have been so busy. We haven't even had a hard any chance to catch up. How have you been? Good. Yeah. Busy. Which is good. <laughs> yeah. Busy is good. Very cool. So so Jim's come back and we're going to have some opportunity to talk to him today about something that we collectively as you know, business partners have run into. But I also know that we've run into individually throughout our own careers. Um, and that is... Uh, I don't have time to develop my people. That that conversation, that concept, <clears throat> that mindset, not good. <laughs> no bueno on that one. Um, matter of fact, Jim, you might appreciate this. I saw this really great meme the other day, and I loved it. And it was a CFO asking a CEO, what happens if we invest in developing our people and they leave us? And the CEO turns to him and says, well, what happens if we don't and they stay? <laughs> yeah, perfect. <laughs> Those people are out there. <laughs> we don't want them to stay. We want them to grow up. But, you know, I know I've heard this time and time again over the years, you know, the different folks that I've been talking to and consulting and, and even internally. Um, and it's amazing to me how many people get frustrated, but I constantly hear, I just don't have time to develop my people. But then their biggest challenge is, is that they don't have developed people. Yeah, it's kind of insane. Um, so if they don't have time to develop their people, they're really looking at failure for their company. Mm -hmm. yeah, I look at it. I mean, like, so those are the same people that expect the person to be already developed. So they're looking at resume, you know, like, Hey, this person's already done five years in this job. 
so they're expecting the person to already know things. And we all know that different companies do different things, different ways. So those people that don't develop their people also are pretty hard on them when they make a mistake. Um, sometimes getting firing them. Mm-hmm. So you, know, you really need to invest in your people. You need to develop them. Uh, every company is different. Every structure is different. The way you do business is different. Culture is different. Fits different. So you need to take the time to develop your people, or you know, you're just not going to have a very successful company. Well, yeah, and it doesn't work. I mean, look at look at your environment, right? Look at look at the last umpteen years that you've been on the teams. I mean, that's. Now, being developed is the biggest part about being the teams because when you're, you know, when you're in that, you know, elite category, you're not in the elite category just because you got a great personality. You're in this category because, you know, the the Navy has invested a lot into you, and so training you is, you know, it is a it, it's you know basis of being in. It's a core competency, but but even still, there's there's still opportunity to develop an individual, and. Have you in your past, in your experience, run into situations where with as much training as SEALs get, somebody still just isn't being developed to their fullest potential? Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, you're always, you always should be learning, even as a senior member. Once you think that you learned everything, then you're destined for failure because you don't know everything. So even the senior people should be looking for somebody to, to learn from or be mentored by or just experiences. So as a SEAL, yeah, they're well-trained. They're extremely uh, dedicated, but they always should be uh, mentored and uh, uh, talked to um, because if, if you're not developing them, they're not going to move across the, the yard line in leadership. Mm-hmm. And they're always looking to be developed. They really are. The, the best people are actually looking for mentorship. They're looking to learn. And if you let them just, uh, you know, not be developed, then they're just going to make up what they should be doing. And then that mm-hmm. cause two years later, everybody's doing what that one guy made up or that one girl made up. And that's the new norm when maybe that's mm-hmm. not the direction you want it. So what would you say is your greatest story of watching somebody who was fledging and then became really strong? Uh, there's probably a, a couple of them, and I won't name, but uh, I'd say that basically in general, it's the average team guy, the mid-level team guy uh, that has maybe five to eight years in, and he's looking <laughs> to learn more. Mm-hmm. And the the worst thing I've seen is when a chief uh, who do, may not know any more than that E5 or E6, but instead of learning and knowing his skill, um, he just tells the guy, well, hey, look it up and figure out yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like one of those things that people say is like, hey, I don't know, but figure it out yourself because I don't want to show and tell people I don't know. Yeah. And, and that's the, the worst thing. So, you know, then when you talk to these uh, guys, even as a, a senior member, like at a company or in the SEAL, like a master chief who has, you know, starts talking to new chiefs. Um, I remember I did that um, at Trade. I, all the guys who are becoming chief. I talked to four of them at Trade. And um, 
I just told him, hey, I know you guys are learning what the Navy expects of you. And it's like uniforms, you know, all these rules. But I want to talk to you guys about what it means to be a SEAL chief. Mm-hmm. And I talked to him for 15, 20 minutes. You know, like, hey, everybody's going to be looking at you. You need to be squared away. But you also need to be squared away, not only on uniform and all that stuff that they're teaching you in the standard uh, uh, in doc. But you also need to know tactics. You need to know your skill. And you have to be up on it. And you have to be mm-hmm. experienced to learn this stuff because everybody is going to be looking at you. And if you don't know it, everybody's, you know, these team guys are pretty smart. They'll see that you don't know it and they won't respect you. Mm-hmm. So that was those four guys asked me, you know, the next day, hey, there's three guys that didn't make that because they're still in the end doc. Can you talk to us again? So they never got that because most of their uh, senior their uh, chiefs, senior chiefs and mass chiefs didn't take the time to do that. They just throw them in this in-doc course that the Navy pretty much runs. And it tells them how to be a Navy chief, but not a Navy SEAL chief. Mm-hmm. So the mm-hmm. same thing with a, a company. You know, the company, somebody needs to take these people under their wings and just explain to them, hey, this is what our company is about. This is our culture. This is what we do. Hey, we get Fridays off, but, you know, we work hard Monday through Thursday, you know. Whatever it is, there's just it's really kind of a, a little bit about culture and just giving them the ins and outs of what's going on. And then also mm-hmm. those people get to see which people are standing out, like which one's, you know, chewing gum and staring at his iPhone while you're talking or ones that are taking down notes and really listening, you know, and asking questions. Right. Because those are the people you want to, you know, try to focus, focus more on. Yeah, I, I remember um, one of the companies that I had worked for, they had this mindset um, that they had developed and used, and, and it was, um, you know, I surround myself with people who are smarter than I am. And, you know, it was interesting because I had a conversation the other day with, you know, we got into this very long conversation about bosses, and it's a you know upcoming project that I'm working on. But, you know, bosses, there's a myth out there, and that the myth is, is that bosses know everything and they don't. And so when you develop somebody and you allow them to grow and learn, especially in an area that you are not a specialist in, nor, you know, you really have to be a specialist in, um, you know, if you, if you got a, like, a, I'm going to give you an example of what I'm thinking of. So if you've got a training department and, you know, you're bringing in some new technology and you need two to three people on your team to understand SQL servers, you yourself, as the apex leader of that department, may not necessarily need to know anything about SQL servers, which is very complicated. But you've got, you know, you've got individuals that have enough background for them to be able to do what they need to do, but yet also kind of keep you in the loop as to what their needs are, where they're going, what they have to do. How do you know? Are they forecasting any type of um, you know, problems that might be coming your way, <clears throat> you know, taking a look at like, this is where we are now, but six, seven, eight months, 12, 18 months down the road, whatever, you know, we're probably going to run into this issue when you start planning for that now. And so that was really good. But what was awesome about it, and this this ties into, um, you know, the culture and probably, you know, morale, and that is the level of engagement. And when somebody is that engaged, because they're learning. I mean, first off, adults learn 
and they and they execute what's applicable and that's that's what drives us that's part of adult learning theory and 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 you know clearly you've seen that over in trade it they may not have called it that but that's you know the nuts and bolts and foundation of what that is but but it plays in and it plays into an individual's level of engagement when they're engaged they feel empowered and then that drives up like what you were talking earlier <clears throat> probably on the morale side but it's all culturally driven and i'm sure you've seen that over on your side too so jim you know when we when we talk about this meme which is really you know great meme um have have you ever seen that that if you haven't spent time working with your people that there's a risk of of losing them yeah, absolutely. So um, that's some people are afraid of that, that, hey, if I train them so well, then they're just going to leave. Um, but that's the other piece of the puzzle, which is morale, right, and the culture of the company. Mm-hmm. So you want to train your people most definitely. You need to train them. And then you want to create an environment where they don't want to leave because they love their job. So mm-hmm. whatever you're doing uh, with your company, if your company's not set up, um, with a good culture, then yes, when you train, they'll probably want to leave because they're not going to be happy. So you just have to figure out uh, what you want your company to be about. What's the culture? How do you uh, create an environment where people will be happy with what they're being paid for? And if they get offered a higher paying job, they won't want to leave. Mm-hmm. And there's plenty of examples that we could get into talking about like just um, – having family days, you know, uh, being open with having their kids coming in uh, on certain times of the day or whatever, having uh, different events, Mm -hmm. Uh, having a a merit-based rewards program where when people do well, that they're rewarded. And then Mm -hmm. others would see, hey, wow, they are super quiet and the boss didn't like listen to the the uh, squeaky wheel just that they're saying hey i'm doing good i'm doing good and then the reward it for just what they're saying is like no they blew that person off and they rewarded the quiet gal in the back that outperformed everybody else so if you have a merit uh rewards program then people will say okay yeah so now they're rewarding people based on their skill and their productivity not on being a squeaky wheel and mm-hmm. that helps morale tremendously you know what I love the most about this meme <clears throat> is the last piece of it when the CEO comes back and he says, well, what happens if we don't and they stay? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got a crappy workforce. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and that's and in my years that I've been, you know, consulting to businesses, I've heard a lot of, well, if we spend a lot of time, then, you know, we're going to develop them right out through the door. And, you know, and yeah, you know, and, and I absolutely agree with what you're with what you're saying is that you've got to pull the morale up and that goes back to engagement and that goes back up to, you know, building and providing a workforce to which people want to show up for work or they really, truly enjoy what they do. But, <clears throat> you know, if, if you don't invest that time, you really are going to be stuck with what you produce with with your employees and you're always going to be frustrated if they're not performing to your level of satisfaction, you, you really only have yourself to thank for that one. Yep. And one of the best uh, uses of a reward is appreciation. So oh, people totally. won't be appreciated for their work, right? So uh, like I was saying, if you have 20 people in your workforce and you see one person 
always going into the boss's office and coming out, always going in, coming out, and then that person gets promoted, you know, then you're going to be like, well, I just worked three times as hard as that person. And they're getting rewarded because you're always talking to the boss and they're always in the office and they're always kissing butt. Um, but if you see, if the boss comes out and he goes, hey, I just want to say uh, Sally over here has, you know, increased her workload three times uh, and she has outperformed all everybody here twice over. And we want to give her this, you know, dinner for two at some fancy restaurant, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's not really the gift, it's the recognition that, right. hey, we noticed the quiet, hardworking person. And and like I said. That that just makes it so everybody sees, wow, okay, they're noticing people without me having to be a squeaky wheel. I don't have to toot my horn to get noticed. And right. that's probably the, the best work environment you could have is that you could just be doing your job and your boss will come to congratulate you for something you did that you didn't toot your horn about. Mm-hmm. And there's a risk, too, that if you aren't, working to you know acknowledge the contributions of people is that you talk about you know this woman who's you know loaded loaded herself up three times as much you know that's institutional knowledge that if she's disengaged it's gone (laughs) you know and and that's a big price too or you might have somebody who's going unnoticed or unacknowledged and next thing you know it they're planting these little bombs you know, everywhere they go in, in the workforce. And so as soon as somebody, you know, as soon as they're ready to leave, then somebody doesn't know the information or something's going to fail and it's, you know, it happens. Yeah. So underappreciation causes people go, okay, well, if they're not going to notice me, I'm not going to mm-hmm. work as hard. Yeah. Or if you're going to stack two more things on top of my plate, but then I don't get any increased pay or increased recognition or anything, then, you know, I'm going to quit because why would I work three times harder for nothing? Exactly. So that's the thing is people see what the higher-ups are doing, and if they like it, they will want to perform as well. Um, or if they don't like it, they're probably going to set themselves up to, you know, not work as hard or leave. So the good leaders, again, they are uh, developing their people, but they're also engaged, like you said, so they're around the workforce. They're not just sitting behind a desk um, with the door shut and they never see anybody. Um, and they all, or if they are that busy, they need to employ their next level down to get out and engage with their employees. Because um, somebody needs to be aware of who they are and what they're doing and why somebody is at home four days a week, you know, working from home um, and why the others aren't, you know. And it may be, well, uh, this person has somebody at home that they need to take care of and they're twice as productive at home. So of course we're going to let that happen. Uh, but otherwise, if you don't, then there's rumors going to be going out. Right. And then mm-hmm. people are going to go, Hey, why is this person working from home? And we're working here. And uh, if somebody's engaging, they could say, well, because their, their output is twice as much as yours. <laughs> so that's why they're allowed to work at home. That's why that leader will be like, I don't know, that is messed up. Why are they working at home? Maybe we should fire that person or something, you know? So, <laughs> a little right between the eyes truth there. Jim. Yeah, like uh, the knee jerks, right? So you have right. to be aware. You have to be more aware than your employees of what's going on because really uh, whoever that person is needs to be – if you have 20 employees, they need to know what's going on with 20 employees. The employees, they may only know what's going on with two or three people around them, and then they just – 
uh, make assumptions about the other 17 people. Mm-hmm. And you need to be the person that, well, this is what's going on over there. And this is what you're doing here. Mm-hmm. You know, so you just have to be one up um, on the level of lead- leadership. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's it's something that I had a boss many years ago constantly drill into my head <clears throat> and I'm glad he did because it has been it, I've turned it into my number one rule in life and he was using it as these little you know learning moments for me but um, it, it, it absolutely rings true in everything and it tags into what you were just talking about and my number one rule in life is that in the absence of information people make stuff up and so if yeah. somebody is not getting trained or developed or the attention then they're going to come up with this story because I mean we don't like not knowing humans really struggle we we get uncomfortable with not knowing justification for something and so you know that causes problems in and of itself too so somebody's not being developed not only are they stalling but then there's this mindset of well you know there's all this internal chatter that starts to take place and then they start disengaging so it's funny no the people that make stuff up more aren't the employees, the mid-level and lower level. It's the senior leaders that I've seen. Mm-hmm. And it's because when a boss asks another you know, high-level ranking person a question, they are absolutely embarrassed to say they don't know. Mm-hmm. So those are the ones that make it up, and those are the worst people to make it up because they're actually making something up for the whole company. And mm-hmm. it may be, they may have just uh, forced themselves into a corner. Um, yeah. By saying, hey, no, I'll find out. I'll talk to our finance guy or talk to our product manager or marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, some people feel like they should know everything. So they make stuff up. Yes. And, and, it's, and it's bad when they're a senior level manager. Yeah. Yeah. And that comes, and that goes back to, you know, setting the expectations. There's nothing wrong. <clears throat> and you're, and that's ego driven. And so there, you know, there's nothing wrong with coming back and saying, look, I don't know the answer to that, sir, but I'll get right back to you. And then you, you know, you get on it, you get after it. Right. I mean, there's going to be folk, you're going to be focused on maybe two or three things. And it's okay if you're kind of more of an expert on three things and they ask you a question about something that you're not an expert on. You could say, you know, that's not my area of expertise, but, and that's why it's good to have people around you, mm-hmm. you know, they call, Hey, it's a finance question. I asked my CFO. Um, it's another question over here on, you know, security, I asked a security manager, and you just bring them into the conversation instead of trying to answer those questions all by yourself. Yep. So we've been involved in a really cool project, you and I, and um, this is, I think, a really great opportunity to kind of share about it. Um, Jim, myself, and another uh, retired command master chief like Jim, um, we have put together a pretty amazing leadership development course called Forged. And um, we are currently taking applications for enrollment. It's pretty awesome. I'm excited about it. And we're going to share with you guys, the ones that participate in this course, we're going to share with you what, between the, the three of us, what we feel are the most important characteristics to developing <clears throat> your leadership style and what, what that recipe is but how it how it what it means to you as well so we're going to give you some core principles to uh, start from and um i don't know jim are you looking forward to it because i know i am <laughs> yeah it's gonna be a good one we get some good stuff man some fun stuff 
Yeah, it is. And what's awesome. Yeah. And what's awesome is that, you know, participants will get an opportunity to interface with all three of us. So you've got two command master retired Navy SEALs and a HR professional with Fortune 500 experience um, coming together. And and the goal of this is, is, you know, unilaterally pulling our collective knowledge together and relaying it. But then we're also enrolling in, you know, how do you how do you get involved with your HR staff? How do you how do you bring them to the table and, and the guys you all have a seat together to figure these things out? And then we're also going to be doing some fun stuff too. So we've got some team building exercises uh, both in the class, outside of the class. Um, I keep teasing Jim that he needs to have a push-up contest for anybody who doesn't show up and <laughs> on time because <laughs> Jim's a beast. He can totally out-push up just about anybody. But um, any other any other comments that you want to make about the, the course? Well, yeah, it's not just going to be a sit-down, um, you know, where people are falling asleep no matter how interesting it is. We're going to do a lot of activity. So it's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. Uh, if you know me – then you know there will be some cool stuff involved, and then you get another uh, command mass chief that's just as equally uh, involved in the activities. And then same with uh, Brenda. So all three of us came together with these uh, these activities. They're going to be pretty fun. Yeah, it's going to be great, and it's going to be a good time. And you know, when you feel good about learning, um, you know, it's just it's just a really awesome thing that you're not going to ever. You know, shake. You're not going to shake it quickly. That's for sure. So the way people can, you can go ahead and, and sign up for this course by visiting the website, bestpractices.work. And up at the top, you want to click on the link that says Forged, F-O-R-G-E-D. And that's going to get you to the application to go ahead and submit your information. And then you'll get uh, you'll get a, a response and an update. And then more information will be coming at you. So um, I'm excited about this. So the course is going to take place. It's going to kick off on May 1st. It's a three-day course, three full days, and it's going to give you an opportunity to get one-on-one FaceTime with all three of us, all three of the instructors, and give you an opportunity to network. Um, this is going to make a difference in your world. There's no doubt about it. And even even working with you know Jim and Kevin and putting this together has brought back a lot of the things that I studied. I mean, Jim, I'm sure, you know, there's other things that have come up for you. You know, Kevin and I have talked and, you know, and we're all really excited. But, you know, what's even better is that I'm very fortunate. I'm working with two really great men. They're they're phenomenal partners. They're smart. They're on top of it. Um, they've even, you know, brought really great things into my world. And, um, my gosh, I cannot wait till you guys get an opportunity to meet these two gentlemen because they're amazing. So, there you have it. That's forged. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, my dear, I know you've got to run off, but thank you again for taking some time and doing this episode. Um, it's a blast working with you. I, I love it when you're on because you just drive these really great points home. And uh, and I'm just looking forward to doing the class with you and having you back on and, you know, continuing this adventure. Yeah, no, thanks, Brenda. It's been awesome. Thanks for having me on. What if you could take the next giant step in your career and make a big difference to your team in the process? How amazing would that be? What if you could push beyond the boundaries that you know today and really make that marked improvement between you and your team in the next six weeks, three months, six months, or even one year from now? 
How would it make you feel if you saw that needle move on your team's performance? You know, years ago I was broken down, I was tired manager with no, truly honestly, no real discernible leadership skills. I never had any mentors. I was a really great task manager, but I was very inexperienced at really leading people. And I was good at motivating people to get the job done, but I missed the element of really knowing my people well, really looking at what their talents were, looking beyond the schedule, celebrating their successes, and developing great relationships with my team. And that's not to say that I didn't like them. I, I really did, or that I didn't have respect for them. You know, I did. I greatly. I really liked my people, and I was fortunate not to have any real problems on my staff. But they weren't fulfilled, and the job was harder to do as a result. Well, right now we're accepting applications for our three-day leadership development course called Forged. Jim and I spoke about it in the earlier segment, but I want to share a little more with you, with it about you, and what you're going to experience by joining us on May 1st. You're going to get nearly 80 years of combined elite leadership experience. You'll have one-on-one -on -one time with each instructor throughout the entire three-day course. Now, this also includes accessibility to a participant workbook that has additional tools, resources, white papers, and exercises to usher you through your individual leadership development. There'll be three days of customized team building events that you have not experienced before, and they're a load of fun. All your meals will be provided so you can focus in on getting the most out of this event. The you'll have the ability to meet new professionals and network during the course. There's also going to be post-course access to the instructors for additional coaching and development if you feel that you need it. We're offering a $500 discount towards the enrollment fee for this course. And upon acceptance into it, you can also receive a free one-hour post-course coaching session with your choice of instructor if you submit your payment within 72 hours of accepting us accepting your application. And that's a value of $150 right there. Now, why not do this with somebody that you like? <laughs> you know, go out and have fun with somebody that you actually enjoy, right? So if you refer a friend, a coworker, or a colleague, and they attend your class, you can receive and earn an additional free one-hour post-course coaching session with, again, a, an instructor of your choice, which is another $150 value. And you'll need to refer them through the website as you register for your course. And if you're wondering, we do understand that things do come up and we do have a refund policy and additional details are going to be on the website uh, that I'm about ready to share with you. So here's how you apply today. Apply today. That's the first thing that you need to do. Okay. You can save up to $800. So take action today by visiting the bestpractices.work website. Click on the forged link on the page menu at the very top. This is going to be a really great event. We're really excited to see you soon, but we only have a limited number of openings and they are going to fill. Matter of fact, they are starting to fill. So if you get stuck or if you have questions, there's contact information available during the registration process itself. And guys, I am really looking forward to meeting you guys and having you in this course. It's going to be epic. I'm here to help you define your gold standard in human capital management, help you solve complex problems that come with employment, and managing your people and help you keep in the know on current and developing changes in the employment landscape. Now I have something kind of fun uh, for you guys. It's a little extra that we're throwing in. had another little interview today er, over the weekend actually um, with a wonderful woman by the name of Andrea Gaines with a nonprofit organization called Habasha Mama. And she has got an opportunity for you folks to take advantage of a team building event. So 
Um, I'm going to share with you my interview with Andrea. So we are here with Andrea Gaines, who is the founder and president of a nonprofit organization called Habasha Mama. And uh, thank you very much for taking time with me. Thank you. You're welcome. I appreciate it. So I'm really excited to have you guys, you share what Habasha Mama is. And we've got something really cool coming up that I definitely want to talk about. Awesome. So Habasha Mama was um, founded about five years ago out of... um, Having been over to Ethiopia several times, I have four boys that are adopted from Ethiopia, and um, Ethiopians call themselves Habasha, and since I have four boys from there, I am a Habasha mama. Ah, and so I wonder wonder how you got the name. There it is. All right. Uh, So um, I had, after going for our first adoption, just completely fell in love with the country, Um, and after our second adoption, decided I wanted to give back to the country that had given us such great gifts. And so I started taking teams over with me uh, and just kept falling in love. Uh, I was actually traveling with a church at the, at the time, taking teams over. Um, and then we had to have a break from that church and knew that there was still more work that needed to be done. So wanted to um, continue the work there. So I started the nonprofit about five years ago and we've been headed over. We work with uh, primarily children. Uh, right now, street kids uh, trying to get the, in a small town called Dubber mm-hmm. Marcos, trying mm-hmm. to get them off the streets out of uh, life of poverty. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got about 22 kids now that we're working on getting back into school and either reunification with families or into a safe house where we can help to educate them, um, get them into uh, a place and sort of break that cycle uh, of poverty and, uh, and orphans. That is excellent. Now, you guys have something very cool going on, which is part of the reason why I wanted to introduce this, because this is an opportunity that com- companies across the country, yeah. doesn't matter where you are, right. um, can actually participate, and it's really interesting, and it's a virtual marathon, so mm-hmm. could you please explain that? So a virtual marathon is something that everyone can do, because right. I'll be honest with you, running is not my thing. No, I only run when chased. <laughs> so, <right. laughs> That's not ideal. So, exactly. <laughs> no, I love working out. Kickboxing is my jam, but uh, you don't have to run in order to kickbox. No, you do not. So I um, would run from you if you were kickboxing. <laughs> uh, you should. I'm just yeah. kidding. Uh, so we... Um, so the virtual marathon is one where you sign up like you would any other marathon. It's on a registration site that you would um, other marathons, regular ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have the whole month of May. So May 1st through May 31st, you have all 31 days to complete 26.2 miles. Now, how that looks is completely up to you. We have people that bike it. Um, walk it, run it, mm-hmm. crawl it. I have a cousin who has spina bifida and she's in a wheelchair. She wheels it. She wheels it. So, you know, you can do it anytime. So, and the great thing about this is you can do it anywhere. Right. So you can be out there doing your thing whenever you want to. Um, we're going to have some meetups locally, but it's a great place, a great team building opportunity for companies because Absolutely. they can get people together and um, join their, that you can build a team, uh, have some person be the captain and then bring your employees in if you wanted to and have that and just have um go out on your lunch break yeah and have a walk around the parking lot if you want to so that would be um what we're doing that's awesome so now how can people sign up and actually participate in the virtual marathon so you um would go to habashamama.org h-a-b-e-s-h-a-m-o-m-m-a.org and uh under uh, there's a link under ripples of change marathon mm-hmm. that's what it's called okay uh and the registration links are kind of all over that page you could also go to our facebook page uh same spelling uh and there's several links there as well it's a really long link uh to go on to the it's active.com is where you would find the link for the registration itself okay but 
it's a ridiculously long link that they didn't shorten for you. So <laughs> they I'm not even going to try. In, yeah, they yes. can feed it in through your, your contacts. That's yes, awesome. Yes, yes. Well, thank you very much for taking the time. I thank appreciate you. it. This I appreciate is, it. This is awesome. And guys, if you are really interested in, like I said, doing some form of team building event and making an impact in the world, um, you know, the every day I see more and more information out there about the implications of, you know, sex trafficking, which is very much what Habisha Mama yes. addresses. Yes. and. Um, you know what, there's more and more people jumping on this bandwagon and folks look, this is a great opportunity to do something great, but then also do something really positive for yourself and feel good yep. really as a whole package at the end of it. Exactly. It's a win-win. It is. Fantastic. Awesome. Thanks, Andrea. Thank you. I am here to help you define your gold standard in human capital management and help you solve complex issues and problems that come with employment and managing your people and help you keep in the know on current or developing changes in the employment landscape. I've introduced in the last episode a question and answer segment and I would like to hear your questions you have about human resources. You can submit your question on the bestpractices.org website by clicking on the podcast link from the menu at the top and down towards the bottom of the podcast page is a submission form for you to post your questions which may be read and answered on an upcoming episode. So today's question um, is kind of interesting was is I just promoted an employee and the word accidentally got out before I can make an announcement. How do I settle my team as some people are really jealous? that's a hard position <laughs> um, and I feel your pain it's I've seen that happen before and it's not fun <clears throat> but you know what it it's unfortunate that the word got out but the person was promoted because they did a good job and you know the promotion was warranted and some of that emotion probably is coming from a couple of different places it's coming probably from a place where somebody might be feeling a little bit undervalued um, it's probably coming from a place of an individual that may have been looked over for promotion and a kind of sense of well why am I hearing this through the grapevine versus coming from you and you know it sometimes information it does leak out uh, but really at the end of the day it's business as usual but you know what ultimately definitely make sure you follow through with the announcement if I were in your shoes and continue to celebrate or at least celebrate openly and acknowledging that yeah this person really did do a really good job and um, you know and then I would probably do a little one-on-one -on -one damage control um, if it were me I would be walking around to the team touching base with them I would probably have you know short little one-on-ones you, you know grab somebody go have lunch or go have a coffee or something like that and sit down and just kind of talk to them and just do a check-in and and start to take the temperature of the team um, I've been on both sides of this I've been on the side where I was promoted and it wasn't really welcomed because I was the youngest one on the team tenure wise and I was the first one to get a promotion in four years so um, yeah <laughs> it, it, it's an uncomfortable situation either way but nonetheless it's a really good question it's certainly something that you can bounce back from um, it's not something that I would kind of go over the edge on with but you know I think if you touch base with everybody and just kind of get their get their feel on how things are and if somebody does mention to you that they don't understand why they were passed over 
you know, address it in a couple of different manners. If, if you really, truly, honestly didn't know that the person was interested, then reinforce that, you know, hey, this is great. I'm glad you told me because I count on people to raise their hand. I need to know what's going on. And if somebody is of the mindset where they should have been promoted and you're aware that they want to be, then you know what, work with them and get them on a developmental path so that they can make that actually happen. But at the end of the day, they're the ones that actually have to do the work. So you can set the tone, you can calibrate their direction, you can point their compass north, but they are the ones that actually have to execute and demonstrate that they are demonstrating their capabilities, they're demonstrating their competencies, and that they are actually at the right place and time in their career to take that next step forward. So that was a really good question, really, really good question, and, and thank you for sending that one in. So what if there was a way that you could tap into answers to really difficult questions like that one that we just got done talking about? Um, you know, I was really fortunate early in my HR career to have exposure to some pretty talented leaders. Many times I sat and just soaked in the information that they shared, the decisions that they made, how they made them, why they made them, and how did they actually address them? Like conversations, how did they actually do it? And I started to mimic them. Um, I consider myself to be extremely fortunate to have been a part of something very amazing like that. And I'm offering you a similar opportunity. Starting this upcoming Tuesday, April 9th, grab your coffee and join me at 10 a.m. on Instagram Live, or you can join me at 10.30 a.m. on Facebook Live for a 30-minute open Q&A session. This is an opportunity to get answers to your questions that pertaining to managing your workforce and the human resource function. So follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Best Practices in HR. And unlike the last episode, I was able to figure out how to get the same name for both, so I'm really happy about it. <laughs> follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Best Practices in HR. And thank you for your questions. This was a really good one that came in early. And definitely, please keep them coming. I'm looking forward to seeing you guys on Tuesday. And I'm going to do this every Tuesday, 10 a.m. on Instagram and 10.30 on Facebook. And you can find me on both sites now in the same name, Best Practices in HR. So as promised earlier in the show today, we've got a free resource for you, and we're continuing to provide you, again, with the Strikeforce Energy Drink bonus offering. We mentioned Strikeforce Energy Drinks in several of our podcasts, and being that, you know, once again, this is another month of thirsty people, we're going to give you an opportunity to save some money while you kick the can to other energy drinks in the market. Strikeforce Energy is a sugar-free, no-calorie, healthier alternative to other energy drinks that are out there. You can choose from their individual packets or their pump bottles found in their four flavors. Visit StrikeforceEnergy.com and enter the new and updated code AFL, Alpha Foxtrot Lima, my name, Brenda, 455, that's A-F-L-B-R-E-N-D-A, 455, to receive 20% off the retail price of Strikeforce. You can also find more information about Strikeforce on our affiliates page at bestpractices.org. Now lastly, I have a free gift that I'd like to give you. I personally know how confusing it is to keep track of all the compliance deadlines required in this field, as well as how and when to find the time to engage in all the things that you want to do proactively in HR. I've created an HR calendar for this year that lists all the compliance deadlines to relieve the tension for you of having to figure these things out for yourself. The calendar includes mandatory filing deadlines, nationally recognized holidays, as well as some best practice recommendations that are sprinkled in. It's a 
bunch of compliance information consolidated onto one page. Print it, pin it up in your office, and use it as a tool to help you keep all of those parts and pieces of the HR puzzle connected. To download this free tool, visit the website at bestpractices.org and click on the link at the bottom of the page. And that, my friends, is all of the time that we have today. And if you like what you've heard and you know you need to stay up to date on important changes and continue to get advice on how to work with them, then please visit me at bestpractices.org, click subscribe, sign up today to have my best practices delivered to your inbox. And as we leave, I've got a I got a fantastic quote. I loved last episode's quote, but this one this one is just awesome. And this one comes from Katherine Hepburn, who could not have said it any better, and I can totally hear her saying this. But she once said that if you always do what interests you, at least one person is pleased. You guys have a really great day. Thank you for joining me. I'm extremely grateful that you guys continue to come back uh, time and time again. Next episode, number 10, it's going to be yet another awesome episode. Thanks again, guys, for listening, and I'll talk to you again soon.